0: This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show, where each week we discuss best practices in the field of customer experience management. I'm Tom DeWitt, director of CXM at MSU, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Bob Keipel, vice president of CXM of and retired global CX executive with General Motors. Without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show. I'm Tom DeWitt, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Bob Keipel. Great to see you, Bob.
0: Good to be here.
1: Thank you. Um, we're we're really excited today because um, we're joined by our first guest um, from the realm of, of um, AI, um, Rob Locasio, uh, the founder and CEO of Live Person. Welcome to the show, Rob.
2: Thanks, Tom and Bob. Well, thanks for having me.
1: Hey,
0: I'm really excited for this podcast because this is a person who figured out the future a long time ago and has been leading the way here with AI and applying it in the business world. And so it's just a naturally fantastic, interesting topic. So thank you again for joining us. And so just for, to get us going, for our listeners who are unfamiliar with your company Live Person, can you tell us about what you guys do?
2: Yeah. So actually, I, I invented when you chat online, In 1997. So, a web chat for customer care, if you've done on a website, I invented that and uh, filed a patent on that around 99. So, that's how I got in the game. And, you know, my original vision, which holds true today, is that in a digital commerce world, e commerce world, that, you know, conversations, and obviously back then it was about live conversations, is why I named the company Live Person. I felt like you had to put the people back in the store and that to really personalize the experience. Of commerce, e-commerce, you need to have conversations. And obviously the the more of the form factor back then was automatic. It was like the automatic, you know, like come and put your money in and, and you can't touch, you can't talk, but to someone's, you know, the products will be shipped to you. So that that's kind of what I did. And then about seven years, we made a very big pivot into what I could see was the automation. We could do high-quality automation. I never believed in it until about seven years ago, where I could see big data sets could be used with machine learning algorithms. And we have a very unique data set in the world. We have billions of conversations and storage between some of the biggest brands in the world. And and we can use that to automate, use AI to scale conversations. So today we work with companies like T-Mobile and Citibank and American Express and Delta Airlines and Lowe's. and, And these are our customers. And if you're chatting with them and are messaging with them, you're talking to a what we call bot, although I I really dislike the word bot. Uh, Bots is like a four letter word for me because I think they're usually pretty bad. But if if you have this experience with these types of brands, you'll see that's our technology that's powering that.
0: Wow, and so along the way, just because you've been at it for a while, did you actually need the hardware and the speed of computers to sort of catch up in order to be able to do a lot of this stuff?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely processing power. You know, the, the ability to handle large, uh, you know, large data sets and then process that in real time uh, and use machine learning to, to uh, understand correlations in that data and then craft a conversation and provide that at scale. Uh, yes, yeah, definitely, you know, CPU power uh, and it, the ability to, to really take data and put into what we call data warehouses and be able to then use machine learning algorithms. All of that, it's about storage, it's about CPU usage, it's about the cloud. And then above that is how you're gonna extract that uh, and use AI to provide value to the world. In our case, it's conversational commerce, conversational AI, as we call it. There's like all sorts of AIs. We're we're the leader in conversational AI.
1: Well, we're we're certainly glad you're in in that realm. Um, so as a pioneer in the in the field of AI and customer experience and care can you shed some light on on the evolution of AI in that arena and the role that it plays today
2: Yeah you know care has been such a uh, uh, an old business and it's a very much the mentality of it is 50 60 years old in that you have these large contact centers with thousands of people in them. It's like a factory of, of, and I think the word customer care is really stretching it because it's really hard for an agent in a contact center work, in contact center to do like caring work. And I'll explain that, which is at the beginning of all of this, if I go back 50, 60 years ago, the contact centers were, there, there was a portion of it that was about emotion and relationship. And what happened was, as businesses scaled, you know, banks became bigger and telcos became bigger. You know, there's only a few of these in, in the country, in the world, they all consolidate. What happened was the relationships with their consumers uh, became disconnected. So they set up these contact centers and say, we want to connect with you, but then we want to do it in a very disconnected way. And they create these technologies, what we call an IVR, and we've all been abused by them. We've been put on hold, press one, press two, and then eventually a human agent talks to us and says, who are you? And then they go into a system. And really what's happening there is where maybe there was a relationship component to it. What's happened now is really the humans and contact centers are just interfaces between legacy backend systems that are not available for people to do on their own, to connect to them on their own, the self-service. So that's really what they're doing today. It's it's not a great job, and, and I know I, I work some of the biggest contact centers in the world and brands. They want to make it a great job, and mm-hmm. and but the problem is like it's not the agents within six to eight minutes have to get you through a phone call. They're they're actually measured to get you through fast, and they got to get to the back end system, which usually they may have five back end systems they're going through, and all that is a lot of stress. So our perspective is the humans should be taken out of that equation. And if anything, they should, be, they should be creating automations and they should be focused on automating all that connective tissue because cons, most consumers don't want to be talking to somebody about a customer care questions. I mean, those days are over, but yet we still, we're still doing it. About 63 billion phone calls happen every year to contact centers. 63 billion is $1.2 trillion is spent in this arena alone. So it's a broken system. Our job is to basically create a more automated, beautiful experience that's, that you control as a consumer, that, that you have in your pocket, your mobile device, that you can take with you and access anytime, not to be put on hold.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Uh, what, you know, and um, it just rings so true you know, as a consumer and as somebody that's kind of interested in the space and hearing about all the trials and tribulations. Um, as a founder and a leader, what are you thinking about in terms of the future of customer care and experience? Do you think the call centers are gonna go away or what other aspects do you see as being major factors
2: in the future? I mean, the vision I have is that each of us will have actually our own AI. And uh, like an Alexa, although I don't, I think it's not Alexa, but, but something that you own, that's yours. And that's, that's the arbiter out in the world representing you and getting things, you're, we call it intense in the data science world, intentions. Like your most important intentions completed without you having to go through the process and waste time. You know, what AI is really amazing at is, like any machine, It gives. it's about giving you capacity. It's about giving you capacity back. It's about increasing your capacity. And we spend a lot of time negotiating with brands. You know, we spend a lot of time in customer care flows when we have problems. And so the goal I see and, and the future I see is that we will have an AI in our life that will interface with AI and AI at a brand. And that, that will allow us to get things done and get back our valuable time. You know, and so that that's kind of the vision that we're going after right now. And we're taking the steps to get there. Um, you know, in, in about a year from now, our technology will be able to self correct itself so um, the bot as it's uh, conversing will be able to correct itself and we're we're that's about five years worth of work to get there we, we have some interesting technologies coming out in about two months that'll set the last kind of pole found in the foundation to then let us do full automation of a um, machine learning you know correcting itself which is very hard to do
0: That's amazing. So can I ask kind of an aside uh, here question? Um, How do you um, keep your vision for your own company um, on a path? Because I could see you going into things like uh, understanding different dialects or uh, going into different aspects of business, like say automotive, like I worked in the automotive field, you know, and, and the commands in a vehicle. How do you sort of choose your path because there's so many where, ways you could go.
2: Good question. I mean, one of the things that we are doing that's a little different for a B2B company is we launched like our own bank uh, eight months ago called Bella. And you, can, you can find it at bellaloves.me. And what I sort of said is that I believe that we should attempt, like, I think ultimately the winner of conversational AI will be a consumer experience, will be consumer brand what I explained like this, this AI that lives in your life. So we, we, we put out the first part of that, which is a bank and trying to make a bank loving and caring and, and always there for you and and build it around community. And so that's why we built Bella and it's really, it's, it's built off our platform, but where we felt like we couldn't get traditional banks who are our customers to get there. We figured, let, let us take a shot at it. Um, We're also looking at healthcare, and doing some things in the healthcare space. Um, so, so you're right, there's a lot of temptations with AI. <laughs> um, a lot, of tempt- and there's a lot of money being made in this field. But I think we wanna to stick to this idea that, I, that the consumer should no longer be disintermediated from the brand. And the brand should no longer be disintermediated from the consumers. And a lot of tech in the world today prevents brands and consumers to have this very connected relationship and our vision is that brands and consumers always stay connected it's an always-on relationship it's not like today the brands struggle with the fact that they have to keep buying traffic from google and facebook and it hits a website and you leave the website and you got to come back they want to stay connected with you and you want to stay connected with them and and our goal is to create that kind of experience so we're working on things like a bank a bank is about how to create a connected experience about your money. How do you create a connected experience around your health? And, and those are the things that we're really um, exploring right now, but staying on that consumer brand connection paradigm.
1: So you, you've been talking a lot about letting more and more technology in, into our lives. In fact, it's, it's a little bit scary. It sounds like I, I can actually give up thinking. I'll just just turn, turn all over to AI. Um, we, we don't talk very often about protecting the customer in the course of uh, customer experience and care. Can you share with us the importance of doing so and the role that AI plays in this process?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, we always come from the consumer's lens, you know, cause it's all about consumer CX consumer experience. Like, and, and that's why one of the things is like when you look at our engineering teams that work on this, they always talk about like, we want to create something that allows for beautiful, conversations to happen, high quality conversations. And so part of this is also like like how much control do we give the consumers? Their data, right? Privacy, all this stuff. And so we we fundamentally believe that ultimately the consumer should feel like the AI is working for them. You know, that it's not trying to take their information, that it's not trying to do things. That's why Alexa to me is a very poor experience. First of all, it's a command-based AI, like you're commanding it to do things. You say, turn on the lights and play music. You're not conversing with it. The second thing is you're pretty sure it's taking your data and doing something with it. You're just not sure because it's not telling you. So you're pretty sure that Amazon's going to use it on their behalf to make their business stronger. And so our goal is that ultimately that the AI makes you feel strong, makes you feel empowered. You know, this idea of ownership. Of, of, of your consumer experience. I think where consumers get really pissed off is when they don't feel like they're in control of their consumer experiences, which I go back to the voice calls. When somebody when I go to a voice call and they put me on hold, I wasn't asked to be put on hold. And right there, right off the bat, this is horrible. They're wasting my time. And time, everyone has a perspective, is, is the most valuable thing we have. And in, in customer care, unfortunately, it's, there's a lot of wasted time. Well,
1: it's interesting you bring that up, because um, I, I, I called a, a state, I won't mention which, it's State, state Department of Taxation yesterday, and I was told I was 22nd in line, and <laughs> this is just before dinner, and with no option, you know, with no option of them calling me when, when, when they were going to finally get through the 21st person, so I, I certainly empathize
2: with you. I mean, it's just it it, it yeah, just going beyond yeah. this belief that 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 yeah, in 2021. Yeah. I mean, think of this. It's exactly. like a horse and buggy. It would be like yeah. our cars running on one cylinder. Like yeah. the whole thing, it's it's bizarro yeah. and it's legacy thinking and it's like a fear of the future and and you know CEOs. Uh, I think unfortunately a lot of CEOs they they're not paying attention to their contact centers because it's kind of the back of the bus, but it's the front of the relationship. It's like it's where the consumers mm-hmm. interface the exactly. most with the brand. Exactly. I mean, the largest telcos—they may have twenty to forty thousand people answering phone calls. I mean, think of this scale. It's it's their largest employee base because it's touching the most consumers, and yet it's almost discarded. Like, yeah, you know, whatever. We got to just you know, it's, it's the back of the bus. We'll cut the cost. Versus, let's transform it. Let's make it the front of the bus. Let's make it a great consumer experience. Love it.
0: So so just following up on this idea of protection, and I imagine you deal with a lot of leaders in, in business who are affected by, you know, the story of uh, Odyssey, 2001 Space Odyssey and how and is this stuff going to take us over? And that's probably the depth of my understanding <laughs> of this sort of high tech. So there's this sort of general fear like uh you know, is this our if our computer's gonna take my job and are are the are we gonna lose control of AI and this sort of stuff? So just again, with respect to CX and protecting the consumers, individual businesses, what do they need to put in place as part of their customer experience to ensure the customer protection is prioritized?
2: When you when you mean customer protection, just dig in that a little bit so I, I understand the, the context to it.
0: Well, I, I, from my perspective, Tom, you might have a different one, but it's it's just that um, that, that idea of protecting my data and um, th- that sort of thing. Because all of a sudden, what if I don't own my identity? What if is there a way that somebody could rip me off or that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think when, when we look at like the the basis of what we provide to the world is around you know security, scalability, reliability are like the, the without that you have nothing that comes with uh, the, the data set. Now, the most important thing that we do in AI, though, is have context to you. Like we have part of our machine, part of our platform is we have memory. We just released this uh, actually about eight weeks ago. We built this thing called intent memory. And what it is, is that as you provide an intent, like I want something to the brand, we process it, we understand it, and then we, we provide an automation for it but we store the intent in memory. And then as you as you give more and more intents, we start to piece together, who are you as a person? Wow. Because we, we do it in the, yeah, it's a pretty big lift. Yeah, I, I was, It's like, like so you may say, look, I, I want to get an extra phone for my kid. Okay, that's an intent. And then you could do, I want to get a family plan. I want to, let's talk about telecom. But we can, we're keeping the intents in memory. And then we have a way to look at those intents. And then you could talk about, creating rules of, of engagement. So there is, in the name of customer experience, we wanna to get to know you better, right? But, but once again, we're not, we're not looking to take that data and then do something that would be targeting you. I, I don't like t- the targeting thing, it's understanding you. It's not targeting you, it's connecting with you, you know, not influencing you. you know, these, are, these are the dirty words that are used in marketing, digital marketing, but not in conversational commerce one of the beauties of conversational commerce and conversational ai is we can ask you a question what what they try to do in the past is really guess what you're after and they try to take and steal your data to guess who you are we can just ask you like what do you need what and then that's an intent and we can process that intent that's why we don't need to go behind the scenes we can just the bot can ask you can i help you and, and that's really what uh, you know what what we're after what we're doing so.
1: oh this is uh, this has been really really fascinating Rob. Um, thanks so much for your, your time. we really enjoyed having you on the show and uh, listeners thanks for being there again
2: Thanks for having me it's a lot of fun and uh, don't be afraid of AI. It's not okay if you, if you so, say so if you say yeah so, everyone yeah. thinks it's, you know keep hearing you hear it's an existential threat to humanity yeah that's, that's elon musk uh it's not truly artificial and i wish they would just call it a digital yeah. machine Right. Because calling it artificial intelligence makes it things like it's going to take over our brains.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, that, that We're not quite there yet, so well, don't worry
1: you, about you're, it. You're doing, the, you're doing the right work to make us feel better about it. We appreciate it. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Tom and Bob Show. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and share it on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have any ideas or suggestions for future podcasts, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. After all, you're our customer. Thanks for joining
0: us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more
2: resources.